Hey everyone, and welcome into FCC Talk. I am your host, John Rose, Children and Family Minister here at First Christian Church. And joined with me today, I have CJ Mustin, the student minister here at First Christian Church. How are you doing today, CJ? I'm doing good. How are you, John? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We yeah. are recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, so if uh, any big news stories come out Thursday or anything like <laughs> that, uh, no, we did not cover them because we're we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. So uh, I don't think there will be anything big, but but who knows? But we have a jam packed show today to talk about a number of things. One of those things being the he gets us commercial from the Super Bowl. We're going to kind of talk about some of our interpretations with that and how it has been it has been kind of a polarizing uh topic i would say amongst the christian community and even those in our church and uh you know we might talk a little bit about also how you know there's people who think a certain way there's people who think another way and at the end of the day uh what's our best avenues to still you know stand unified even through uh disagreements and struggles like that uh and make that stuff happen so we want to talk about the commercial but we also want to talk about being unified we're also going to talk about a church that punted a bible yes for their super bowl sunday they punted a bible we're going to get into that and then uh there's an awesome christian movie that i actually went to go see in theaters that is or was i don't think it still is but was at one point number one on netflix <clears throat> and i look forward to uh to talking about that so cj you ready to get going i'm ready all right, so our very first thing we're going to talk about is the He Gets Us ad. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see uh, the ad. I'm going to play it. If uh, if you are not watching on YouTube, um, I did not want to get a copyright strike with the podcast of uh, you know having the music behind it. So uh, go look it up on your own, possibly after, uh, or maybe just pause here and look it up. But uh, CJ, this this ad is causing quite a bit of different interpretations, opinions, and things like that. I've seen people, uh, not just out there, you know, in in the Christian community on both sides, but even people in our church who seem to be on one side or another. And the thing I find funny is I find a lot of uh, conservatives calling it woke, and I find a lot of uh, people who, who are more liberal saying, oh, this is just conservative stuff. And it seems like nobody can really find an area to agree so I'm not saying that anybody has to necessarily think that our opinions are right here, but just kind of to preface it with, these are just our opinions and what we think of the commercials. So if uh, if you don't agree with our opinions and what we think, you know, it is what it is. And uh, we hope that you'll still uh, be able to kind of see our hearts and where we're coming from with it. But uh, without further ado, CJ, what's what was your interpretation of the commercial when you first saw it? Um, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a, uh, fantastic, uh, just response, uh, and call for people to just be, uh, loving and express Jesus love to others. We're not all going to agree. We're not. And obviously even amongst this commercial, there's some disagreements. Uh, but the fact that, that Jesus loves everyone and he came, for everyone. Um, I just thought it was, it was fantastic. And it's just some of the depictions in there, like, uh, you know, the high school students caring for each other, family members caring for each other. And then, uh, you know, there were, there were some uh, controversial topics that were addressed in there and the opposite sides of those controversial topics, caring for each other and showing love to one another. Uh, when the church comes together 
and shows love, great things happen. And so I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. When I first saw the commercial, I honestly didn't think that much of it. I'm aware of uh he gets us and uh, you know, their organization. I've been to their website a number of times. Um, I still have a bit of a hard time understanding what he gets us is. Uh, I know kind of the general gist of it, but um, so, so I've always had a, a little bit of struggle, like I said, understanding kind of what they're going for, but uh, doing these large campaigns like this, you can tell that, you know, they're very much so uh, trying to get the name of Jesus out there more than anything else, which I can't say is a bad thing to have more people searching Jesus online and figuring out Jesus. Um, but it wasn't until like a couple of days later, I saw some of the outrage. I had seen the outrage of people, you know, upset about paying money for a Super Bowl ad, you know, oh, this money should, you know, go, go toward needy children or feeding the hungry or the sick and, and those kind of things, which, which, you know, I think is a fair point. I'm not saying any, either one's right or wrong, but it's a fair point. Um, but when I heard kind of the outrage of it, I just thought to myself, well, you know, that's not what I thought when I first saw it. When I first saw it, I saw this as, you know, people representing Jesus in everyday people's lives. And yes, there's some controversial people on there. But in my opinion, it was like, you know, everybody should should uh, experience Jesus in their life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that, you know, we're saying that everything somebody does is okay and that, you know, people can come to Jesus and just never change and stay that way. But I just saw it as, you know, Jesus meeting people where they're at. And uh, that's kind of what I saw from his ministry uh, throughout the Bible. You know, who were the people that he hung around with the most? The prostitutes, the tax collectors, you know, the people that if you saw your minister hanging out with them the most in society, you might think, Hmm, that's a little, a little strange. Um, so I didn't even think about the aspect of Jesus accepting their their sinful lifestyle and saying that it's okay. Um, that that just that personally wasn't the way that I interpreted it. Um, did did you see it that way at all when you first saw the ad, CJ, or or did that come later on after you maybe read and saw some stuff other people were saying? Uh, no, I didn't see it like that at all. I, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, so I didn't see the commercial until I started seeing some stuff, uh, online and until you passed this along that we were going to discuss it on the podcast. Um, and so, uh, the, the way I took it is there are people that desperately need Jesus. Um, and they were coming to Jesus and he was washing their feet. and um people can't change unless they come to Jesus, you know, and, and Jesus doesn't call us to change, uh, before we get to know him. Um, and, and kind of my whole take on it is, uh, it is my job to call out my sin. Um, it's, it's my job to look at myself and say, man, CJ, you know what? You are awful at apologizing. You think you're right pretty much all the time. Uh, and for that, I can say, yeah, CJ, you got to get better at this, but it's, it's not necessarily my job to call out other people's sin. You know, I, I let God do that. It's my job to show them the love of Christ and then let Christ work in their lives. Now, if someone comes to me and asks my opinion, I'll say, you know, this is, 
not the way I would do it, not the way the Bible says to do it. I think there are consequences for the way that we live our lives in sin. Um, but, but to, to make a blatant call out has never been, uh, where, where I feel like God is calling me to, to, to live my life. It's, it's more to, um, build relationships and show love and then allow God to work in the midst of their lives. So that's right, yeah. how I took it. They're just coming to Jesus, you know, and after you come to Jesus, things naturally begin to change. But, but this commercial is just to say, Hey, you know, if you don't know who Jesus is, dude, he loves you. Uh, you can come to him. Uh, and, and then the, the change starts to happen after that. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I see, I see where you're coming from with that. And I, and I agree, uh, a lot, uh, with, with a lot of that, um, you know, I, and I see also where people are coming from when they say, you know, but let's also not have people come to Jesus and just think that, you know, that I, I've come to Jesus and now I've made it and I can live my life the exact same way that I was before. I, I get where they're coming with that, uh, especially with the rise of progressive, progressive Christianity among us that is kind of, you know, preaching that that gospel in a sense that Jesus died for you. So that way you can continue to live exactly the way you were before, but now, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus to me. I don't find that in the scriptures. Um, now, now we can also talk about the, the foot washing and was that the best depiction and, and things like that for the commercial. I don't know. That seems a little nitpicky to me to try to figure out. Uh, now, obviously when we're trying to express truth, we do need to be nitpicky, uh, but overall, I mean, there, there's just a number of things that seem to have people on either side of the fence. And, you know, I, I just went to the He Gets Us, the, the, the YouTube video there, and just looked at the comments. And, you know, it's like, well, I believe in Jesus, but you're wrong. And, well, I believe in Jesus, but you're in. It's just kind of going back and forth with Christians arguing with one another and uh, being a bit divided and, I guess that's kind of where I want to go next with this, CJ, is, you know, it breaks my heart to see the church divided. I want us to be united, uh, even in the difference of opinions, which I can tell you for a fact, we have many differences in opinions. Oh, yeah. In fact, on this staff, we have all different kinds of different opinions. And sometimes that is affected by how we, you know, were raised or how we interpret certain things like this commercial, the way you interpret it might be different than some, another way somebody interprets things. But, um, CJ, I, I do want to ask, based off kind of this commercial, but just overall, how can Christians remain united even if we disagree on maybe the interpretation of this commercial, or if you want to even just talk about a more broad, uh, you know, interpretations of Scripture or anything like that? How can how can we remain united even through those things? So I can. That's a really loaded question. Here's what I would say. Uh, my, my big thing is this, uh, I can speak my disagreements, uh, to someone that I am close with, um, to put my disagreements out for someone that I don't know well, whether that be social media, whether that be, um, you know, this podcast, even, you know, like, um, if, if I'm going to put disagreements out there and be like, you're wrong, here's why. Um, I don't think that's, that's a good way to, to do church and do life. Now, I, I think we're going to disagree. 
I, I'm totally fine with that. I don't think that that anybody that disagrees with you or I, if you or I disagree, I don't think that's that's a big deal. Um, I think that we can focus on the main things and say, all right, John and I disagree about this, but you know what? Sean's doing an awesome job with the children's ministry and on our church staff and in the community here in Brazil. He's doing great things. To, he's showing the love of Christ to people. That's it. I mean, Jesus said a, a, a new commandment. I give you that you love one another. Love God, love other people. That's where it's at. And so at the end of the day, anybody can disagree with me all day long. Just know that I, I'm going to love you and I'm going to love God. And uh, and I think that if we could, as a church, if we could go out and we could say, oh, uh, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, and I'm on the opposite side of the fence. Cool. I love you. And leave it at that. I mean, that. That makes it, that makes a huge difference. Uh, and, and allowing, not allowing disagreements to divide us, but allowing love to unite us. Yeah. And I think what I was getting mostly from that and what I was, the point I was going to make was, you know, it really comes back to the heart, right? The heart of the person. And when you're online and you're commenting to a random other account on YouTube, you know, it can, it can be easy to, get angry and, and comment back and be upset. Um, but if you know somebody, whether that be through your church or whether it be through your family or whatever it might be, you know their heart and you know their intentions and you have a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I felt like this was something that was safe for you and I to talk about on the podcast is because I do think many people in our church know our hearts, know that we care and know that we want the name of Jesus to be worshiped and glorified. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, even if somebody's listening to this and they're saying, no, John, you've got it all wrong or no CJ, you've got it all wrong. I trust that those people, like I said, know our hearts, know where we come from and can say, like you said, CJ's doing a great job with the student ministry. I see the way he loves his kids. I see the kind of father he is, how he's involved in the community, all these things. Um, and so it's not just like, you know, oh, this this one thing I disagree with is going to completely ruin my relationship with uh, right. with them because they have seen us and they and they have interacted with us in different ways. And like I said, not just specifically us, but just like the entire church community on issues similar to this, where mm-hmm. you know maybe we interpret things differently, but we tend to disagree, but we can still know the person's mm-hmm. heart. So, anything you want to add to that, CJ? Before we move on. I think that's it, man. Just, uh, yeah, I, I know this is a, a hot topic issue. Um, and, uh, and so I, I would encourage just, man, express, express love. And, uh, even with, even with people you disagree with, I think that's, that's a really important, important thing. Allow the conversations to flow and, and express love with, with people you're close to. Yeah. hundred percent agree.
So, all right, CJ, let's uh, <clears throat> let's get to our next topic of conversation. Um, this one's a bit comedic, but also has uh, a level of uh, you know discussion that comes with it. An Ohio megachurch, actually Cincinnati, Ohio, so where you went to uh, uh, the same uh, city you went to school at, CJ. But an Ohio megachurch pastor punts a Bible across the stage for their Super Bowl themed church service. Um, when I read that, I thought to myself, well, we have to discuss this on FCC talk and see <laughs> what we think about it. Um, so what, what I'm going to do, if you're listening on podcast, I apologize. You're not going to be able to see it, but if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it here. Uh, I'm going to play this, uh, moment, I guess you would call it. And then we'll kind of talk about it, CJ. So let's, let's watch it here first. Call it when it lands. Call it in the air. Tails! What I'm be kicking. It, uh... Yeah, let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh my goodness! Is that a touchback? Can you yeah, even get a touchback? First time in 18 years there's a touchback. For the kickoff. Yeah, so um bit of a weird situation there. I, I'm not sure what entices somebody to punt a Bible, uh, especially on a church stage on Sunday morning. Uh, but I'll let you have the first reaction to it, CJ. What was your kind of immediate reaction to seeing this video and hearing this news about a, a church pastor and uh, somebody else on stage punting a Bible? Uh First of all, I don't I don't pay attention to football, um, and I know the article says that they punted, but I believe that was more of a field goal kick. Yeah, kickoff field goal uh, kick. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, just to set that straight first, but but no, uh, um, I had a mixed reaction to this. Um, you know, I I grew up where in a culture uh, where the the physical Bible was very very important. Um, and even in our personal family books in general are, are very important. You don't, uh, you know, you, we don't throw books or mess up books. It's just, there's something about books. And I know the, the Bible is, is very important. So my initial reaction was, Ooh, um, and then I started thinking a little bit, why did I react? Ugh. and, uh, and I started thinking, okay. Um, the Bible is the word of God. Um, and, but I started thinking, okay, so, but really like the, the Bible itself, the word of God is this living active thing. And the way that the Bible is transmitted is radically changing. Um, and so, I mean, now it's on our phones. Uh, and so this, I, I just kept coming back to this idea that uh, the Bible is an, living an active word of God. It's it's not so much about the paper and the ink. Um, and so as I thought about that, I thought, I'm not sure that I personally have a huge problem with, uh, with them kicking the Bible. And I know that's not going to be a popular thing. I know that's probably something we will all uh, disagree on. There are going to be people that disagree with me on that. Um, uh, but, 
But I don't think I have a problem with that because the word of God is not so much the ink and the paper that's on the page, but it's the the love and the words that we express to one another and the word that uh, that we have in our hearts. Uh, and, and there are so many multiple ways to experience the word of God. To me, it was just like them kicking ink and paper. Um, and so um, I, I also think it's important as I thought about this, that, man, there are so many Bibles everywhere that like, I have Bibles. I have no idea what to do with is, is there a, is there a difference between me allowing a Bible to get dusty on a shelf and rot than this? Uh, so, so that was my initial reaction. I went to their website and did some research on who they are, what they believe and how they do church. And we can talk more about that, but that was kind of my initial reaction. Yeah, no, I, I had a number of reactions through it all. And, and I think you're right about, you know, talking about how like, you know, Bibles are essentially just ink and paper. And, and I did a truth Tuesday about a year or two ago where I talked about that because we talked about, you know, how do you um, essentially get rid of a Bible? And I talked about how, how, you know, sometimes people have this idea of like, well, I can't throw away my Bible. Like that's me throwing away the word of God. And it's like, Yes, I, I suppose, but at the end of the day, like you still have more <laughs> Bibles. It's not the worst thing in the world, and and like like you said, books. We should take care of books. We shouldn't, you know, be tearing pages out all the time and and do all. You know, there's something special about books in that way. Um, I personally like that churches are try to have a little bit more fun. You know, I think that sometimes the everyday church service can kind of get a little bit stale. So I enjoy churches that try to get a little bit creative and try to do something different. Um, but then I go back to just the whole, like kicking a Bible thing. And I think about, you know, what if somebody came into my office and said, John, I think we should kick a Bible across the stage on Sunday while you're preaching. You know, what would be my reaction to that? I'd probably say, no, I'd probably say, you know, number one, I don't really like that idea personally, right. not saying everybody has to like or dislike it. Uh, and number two, my second reaction would be, what are we gaining from this? Right. You know, like, it, it, that's kind of what it goes back to for me. Like, if there is like a certain like really, really personal aspect to this that can be uh, very impactful with the message. Okay. I, I, I might be a little okay with like getting a little edgy or something like that. Right. But when you look at it and you say, you know, you're you're just doing a coin toss to kick a Bible and kind of have a nice little fun skit. It's like, to me, I don't know if that's enough of a <laughs> reasoning right. to justify kicking a Bible across <laughs> the stage. Um, so, you know, I, and I do think at a certain point, we also need to be understanding that, like you said, you know, our physical Bibles are not, you know, God didn't give them to us and say in the Bible and you should never burn this text or you should never throw away these texts that my words are written on or anything like that. Uh, in fact, you know, what we're told oftentimes is, you know, to store the Bible in your heart and to know the, the truths in that way. Um, so I don't think it's an out to disrespect the Bible, uh, right, but I also, absolutely. right. But I also don't think it's like the most egregious thing in the world. Honestly, when I first read it, I kind of laughed. I was like, what in the world is going on? Right. 
right. and that's kind of how I approached it here. But uh, in the article where they did mention this, CJ, they 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 were obviously against uh, seeker sensitive. Which, if if you don't know what that means, that means churches that do more to try to evangelize rather than build up their church community. Uh, oftentimes, that will happen with Christian churches and things like that. Uh, not all of them, but uh, a good number of them will try to do stuff like that. But anyway, they, they mentioned that this is kind of the, the culture that happens in seeker sensitive churches that use the phrase, anything short of sin to preach the message of, of Jesus or to spread the message of Jesus. And CJ, I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are. Uh, Is, is the phrase anything short of sin hindering worship for the sake of, of evangelism or, or just what are your general thoughts on that phrase overall? I think it was coined by Craig Rochelle. I think he was the one that started that. Uh, I, I really, really like that phrase to an extent. Um, I really like the, the, fra- the, the fact that, man, we, we want to spread the message of Jesus. We want so many people to experience Jesus that uh, we're not stuck in our traditions. We're not stuck in the way things used to be. We're going to go and we are going to do what works to bring people to Christ. Um, Anything short of sin, I would add to that, that um, personal health, mental health, taking care of your family, um, while those things are not necessarily... sins as the bible would say you know the the bible doesn't say anywhere you know you have to be a perfect physical specimen or you have to make sure your your mental iq is and mental health and uh you have no problems with yourselves um but i but i think those are really important things and i think a lot of times as uh i know it's for myself personally i can get so caught up in doing ministry and doing that next thing um, that I have to work really, really hard to make sure that I stay balanced and that I am taking care of myself and I am taking care of my family and I do set those boundaries. And so um, I love the phrase, anything short of sin with the caveat that I'm also going to set some boundaries for personal health, mental health and family health to make sure that that I'm staying in a good space there. Yeah, for sure. I, I I've talked about that a number of times where it's like, you know, yes, anything short of sin, but if you're also just like completely drying yourself out, you're never going to be able to pour into other people. And so it's not about being selfish, but it's about making sure, you know, you're, you have that time to spend with God, whether that be in prayer, reading scripture, whatever it might be, uh, to be able to make sure that, you know, your life doesn't become just all about, you know, bringing people to Christ, which yes, our lives should be about that, but making sure that we also are providing times for, you know, spiritual nourishment and physical nourishment and, staying healthy and those kind of things, mental health, like you said. Uh, so that way we're able to, uh, evangelize and help other people and stuff. Um, my, my kind of reaction to the whole thing is like kind of what I said earlier, like what, what does it do? You know, like in this, in this situation, sure. It it was, was kicking a Bible. Like, is it, it, is that the worst thing in the world? No. Does the Bible depict it as a sin? 
I, I haven't found it in there personally. Um, but what does that do? Because that is going to make people question and that is going to make people say, huh, wonder what that's about. And uh, similar to, like I said before, if this had some like great impact that could really, right. really impact people, then sure. But if it's just right. like a corny part of the sketch of, of it, right. it's like, exactly. It really, was it really worth it to, was it worth it? Do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we were. We were talking about this actually uh, as a family around the lunch table today. And uh, one of the things that, that we talked about was um, if uh, it definitely would not work uh, here in yeah. Brazil. Um, and I don't know if it works in Cincinnati or not. I'm, I'm assuming that it probably didn't because in one of the articles I read, it said um, that af- they did another skit with with the Bible and and they said, Oh, we're going to be getting some emails today. I think anytime that you do something from the stage and you follow that up with, we're going to be getting some emails today. It's probably not effective for what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so while I don't have a problem necessarily, uh, I don't think it was super smart. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure it accomplished what they were hoping for. But. Right. And that's, and that's what it comes back to. What are you trying to accomplish? You know, if you're trying to just have fun and do something silly. Okay. There's probably, there probably was a better way of doing that. Absolutely. Um, then, you know, like I said, kicking, not punting, right. Kicking <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, I'll also, I will uh, put that video in the description as well as the article there. If you want to read that and watch that again. Um, all right, CJ, let's get to the last one here. So Christian movie, the Hill, have you seen the Hill? I have not. I just okay. watched the preview when you sent me the, the show schedule. Okay. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yes. So Hannah and I actually went to go see this when it was still in theaters. Um, it was kind of funny. We were, we just wanted to go do something, uh, ourselves and Hannah's parents were willing to watch the kids. And so we were like, all right, let's go see a movie. (laughs) There was really nothing out there. So we're like, well, this one's a Christian movie. Let's go see this one. And, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, I mean, you know, it was a little corny in certain areas. That's kind of what you get with Christian movies every now and then, but it wasn't, it wasn't like bad corny. It was still heartfelt and it still gave you kind of like a, uh, a knee jerk reaction, uh, you know, a tear jerker reaction to it. So, uh, but essentially what this movie is, is it is the story of Ricky, Ricky James Ricky or something. Ricky Hill. That's right. Oh yeah. The Hill, um, Ricky Hill. He's, he's born with a spinal, you remember what the disease was called, CJ? I don't know the disease, but he has no discs in his back. Yes, yeah, and he had to he had to uh, run with those like metal devices around his legs. Um, when we left the movie, I told Hannah it was kind of like Christian Forrest Gump a little bit, like <laughs> you see that. <laughs> And it, but anyway, uh, just a really, really inspiring movie. He grows up loving baseball, wants to play baseball someday. And, uh, his dad's a preacher and his dad's not about it. He really wants him, his son to be a preacher, but he says he wants to worship God through playing baseball and using the gifts he's given. Uh, it's just this whole journey of Ricky persevering to become a baseball player. And his dad is also learning at the same time. Like, you know, my son doesn't have to preach from a, you know, from the stage in order to worship God, he can, he can use his gifts and his talents and his abilities and things like that. So this movie actually shot up to number one on Netflix at the beginning of February. So it's been, it's been a couple weeks since it's been there. 
I don't think it's still there anymore, but uh, just a really, really cool achievement for a Christian-based movie. I mean, I think the very first Christian-based movie I saw was God's Not Dead in 2014, 13, uh, back then. So to see a Christian movie get as far as number one on Netflix nowadays, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, CJ, did you ever think that a Christian-based movie would ever reach number one on Netflix? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, that's, that's pretty incredible. And, uh, in a, a different article, I think it was in a different article. Uh, it may have been the one that that's on the link here, but it also won like a family friendly award for CBS and beat oh, out yes. like guardians of the galaxy and, uh, the Barbie Indiana movie. Jones. And yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, some big name movies. Um, and so that's, I I did not ever expect a Christian movie to uh, to accomplish uh, what this one has accomplished. Yeah, and I mean it. It had a who was the big name actor that played the dad in it? Um, I'm, I'm Dennis forgetting. Quaid. To, Dennis Quaid. Yes, yeah. Dennis Quaid played the father in it, and I mean Dennis Quaid just fantastic actor and uh, everything with, that he's able to do. So that just that just added to it. You know, not only did they get this the ability to make this great movie but they also you know w- was able to get a uh, a star actor like mm-hmm. him to play in it which i think really kind of gives it a little bit more uh prestige to say like oh this isn't just a christian movie we also got this really good actor to come and do it as well cj i'm curious uh not that you're predicting anything here but you know just the future of like christian based movies media stuff like that i know that we've gotten a number of more Christian-based things. I think we talked one point about a Christian uh, video game that came out recently. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about the Christian stuff on TikTok and all that stuff. I mean, do you see the future of Christian-based media continue to to grow in America? Do you see it maybe staying where it is? Maybe it's peaked and it's going to get lower uh, from here. What what do you think about the future of Christian-based media? Uh, I I honestly see it continuing to grow. I think that... um... I think, uh, I don't, I don't know, uh, how I, if I've completely settled on this yet or not. So I'm kind of just airing my thoughts before they're super well thought out. Uh, but, but I, I think that probably what's happening in our culture is that churches are dying and, uh, people are stepping away from churches but the longing inside of them to experience the love of Jesus Christ never goes away. It just doesn't. Every person on this earth is trying to fill that, that void in their heart to experience the love of Jesus Christ. And I think when they experience this Christian media, it is a way for them to experience the love of Jesus Christ. And so I think as more people step away from the church but still have that longing, I think that that will continue to grow. Uh, and my hope is that some of these media um, franchises will uh, encourage people to reconnect and connect back to the church. And that um, that as people come back, churches uh, will continue to progress and grow and change and move forward. And people will step into a church that is, um, that is, better and more Christ-like than the one they stepped away from. Because at the end of the day, 
My hope is that every church in America is more Christ-like next year than they were this year and way more Christ-like 50 years from now than they were 50 years or right now. Um, and so it, if media will continue to grow and people will step back into a more Christ-like church, I think that's a win. I think that's fantastic. So I think that will continue. Again, I'm, I'm still kind of uh, figuring out uh, you know, people stepping away from the church and where I land in that thought process, but that's, that's where I'm at right now. No, I think that's a general, you know, a generally good, um, idea of kind of what the future holds a little bit. It's interesting. Uh, one of the churches that we get some of our curriculum from life church, which is actually where Craig Rochelle is from, uh, they have their own like movie studio now, uh, where they record a wow. lot of their like bumpers for their, uh, videos. And then they also do some like kids ministry programming and stuff like that. They record in there. And, uh, so not only we're we seeing, you know, these Christian based movies happening, but we're also seeing, uh, you know, churches, larger churches, albeit, uh, getting more involved in kind of media and creating content and things like that. So, uh, and I know that there are a number of Christian media, uh, places that they actually do receive funds from churches. There are churches out there that are giving monthly uh, for there to be better and more Christian media out there. Like I said, whether that be uh, movies or whatever it is, I'm wondering if we see a similar rise in Christian movies to kind of what we saw in Christian music 10, 20 years ago uh, to where, you know, Christian music just really took this turn where it wasn't just worship music, but there was all kinds of music out there that could be mm -hmm. described as Christian music. And I'm wondering if we see something, something like that begin to happen uh, where Christians are really, you know, uh, starting to yearn for something and not just Christians, but like you said, people who, who might have a history mm -hmm. of Christianity start to yearn for something uh, more than just, you know, a random movie that has probably been redone four or five times already. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause that's contributes, contributes to it as well. Right. Like there are only so many ideas for movies and what are some of the most popular movies right now? Movies that are redone from older movies or sequels or prequels of other, other movies. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So any more thoughts on that before we move on, CJ? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we got just a couple more things, and these are just kind of personal things from us. Uh, CJ, what you eating, what you reading, what you watching, anything new going on you want to share with the people out there? Uh, so uh, I've started reading... Um, to my kids before bed, uh, the peanuts cartoons or comics, comic strips. Um, that's just been a blast. Uh, picked up an old, 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 uh, Snoopy book, uh, from when Kirsten was a kid and read it to them. And then when we finished that one, Tate was like, Oh, I have another one. And he went to his room and got one. And so, uh, I'm enjoying reading that. Uh, that's been, that's been a lot of fun. And then, uh, before bed, uh, Kirsten and I are watching a TV show called The Mentalist. It's another mm. old kind of drama TV show. Enjoying that, um, and so yeah. But I I'm on a I'm on a peanuts kick right now. I'm enjoying that. There you go. Yeah, I've a. Uh... Uh, I know Dan reads to his kids before bed as well, and so uh, that's a that's a great practice, especially with something as entertaining as peanuts. To, uh, to yeah, oh, can't be reading that. You know, my uh, my my kiddos are still a little young for me to be uh, reading long stories to them, so I, I'm reading like uh, Time for Bed, Dilati, uh and stuff. And honestly, like she is 
less of an attention span for reading books now than she did <laughs> a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she's, she's two and a half almost. And so, you know, you go to a page and you better read that page fast. because <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I found myself on. when I was in that stage, like I'd kind of like hold, try to hold my thumbs down as long as possible because I personally wanted to finish the, the page of the children's yeah. book so that I knew what was going on in the children's book. Right. Crazy. There are some books that Lottie has us read them, read them uh, over and over again. And uh, it's gotten to the point now where I don't even read the words sometimes. Like we'll Uh just flip to a page and I know what the page is about to say. So I, you know, uh, what's the one, the Dr. Seuss book? uh, uh, Where is, where is my mother? The one with the chicken and the, Uh the, or not the chicken, the bird, the bird uh, and the cow and the dog and all those. And, you know, I even do little voices with it or whatever, and uh, Lottie likes that. So that's so, yeah, awesome. That's that's our best practice is just memorize the words and know what they're saying. And if that's you don't, right. then you just kind of make it up when you see the pages. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, CJ, you got a, a Bible verse or anything that's been on your heart lately you want to share with everybody? Yeah, well, this kind of comes back to uh, some of what we've been talking about today. Um, I, I talked to our kids. Uh, in the student ministry a whole lot about uh, kingdom work, using your gifts, talents, abilities. And um, Paul says, we've all been gifted with various gifts and talents. And he encourages his readers to just go and do that for God's kingdom. And I, I think we've seen that even in this podcast today, you know, you had Ricky Hill who uh, his talent was baseball and he just wanted to go and glorify God by playing baseball and um i i've not seen the movie uh but i assume that it it talks about the lives he impacted along the way as well um and uh and being able to impact lives in the things that we are good at that aren't necessarily churchy um are are so important when we can go and we can use our gifts, talents, and abilities to impact people for God's kingdom. Uh, The movie producers that go out and just produce high quality movies that make it to number one on Netflix, the Christian actors that say, I'm going to act and I'm going to do an awesome job. Um, And, and just being able to say, Hey, here's what I'm good at. Uh, So I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. And God's given me this gift and talent and I'm, going to do it. And then there's going to be other people that do that, that I'm going to be able to influence along the way uh, for God's kingdom. And that's, uh, that's what it's all about. So uh, go serve God with what you're good at, even if it doesn't seem necessarily churchy, you know, like we said, anything short of sin, if you're good at it, you can use it for God's kingdom. Um, So go do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, uh, I talk with the kids and kid zone about that kind of stuff all the time. Like, what are you good at? How can you use that for God? Uh, you know, we want to try to use that for the church, but at the end of the day, you know, if your you know, ability is baseball, then, you know, be the best, you know, uh, have the best sportsmanship of anybody on your team and, you know, share Jesus uh, with everybody on your team as much as you possibly can and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great message and very, very impactful for people. So, all right, CJ, uh, anything else you want to get to, whether it be from your ministry or anything going on that you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, just a huge thank you. Uh, our Pray for This Kid board is sitting in my office right now, and it is totally empty. 
we had a little over 80 uh, students' names on that board, uh, and every single one of them got taken. Uh, our students are just being bathed in prayer this entire year. Um, and, and so thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you that took a name. Thank you to those of you that are praying for our students and for our ministry. Um, I know that God is going to, going to work through this and I'm already seeing, uh, cool, cool things where I can, uh, take a student that is having something go on in their life and I can go to that person that I know is praying for them and I can say, Hey, pray for this specifically. And, uh, and, and our, our congregation is just so excited about the opportunity to pray for our students and, uh, seeing generations connect. is just, I'm so excited. I'm so thankful, uh, that, that you all decided to partner with us in this and, and be a part of impacting students' lives. So thank you very much. I'm, I'm pumped for what it's, what it's going to bring. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I when you had that idea, I thought it was a great idea, and and I love that uh, people have taken to it and taken all the names for them to know as well that there are people out there who care for them that are praying for them. Uh, that's a really really impactful thing for for youth and, and teenagers out there. Everybody else for listening to FCC Talk, we appreciate you and. 